All right, turn to the book of Romans tonight. Thank you, young people. Book of Romans, chapter number 10. Romans, chapter number 10. And this will be our text first we begin with. We're going to turn to several places tonight. Uh, but we will come back to Romans, chapter 10, a little later in the Bible study. We'll read one verse tonight for our text. Romans, chapter number 10. And uh, let's look forward to what the Lord has for us this evening. And then moving into the weekend, it's certainly exciting times. And when you serve the Lord, there's always something to be excited about. Uh, there's always burdens, there's always things like that, but there's always something to be excited about. And so I'm glad that we uh, get to serve the Lord and our faith is going to help us serve Him in a greater way. We should always be attempting to grow as a Christian. Uh, how many of you have been saved more than 30 years? Let me see your hand. Okay, there's a lot of you. You know you haven't arrived yet, right? Oh, in case there's somebody there has been saved 40 years. Anybody saved longer than 40 years? You hadn't arrived yet either. Um, now, more than 50, now we can start. No, uh, we're, we're never going to. We should be uh, trying, and I don't, I don't like this attitude that a lot of these loophole Christians and loophole Baptists use with, well, we're not going to, we can't be like Christ anyway, so I'm not even going to try. Um, that's contrary to Scripture. Uh, we should constantly be growing. And I say all that to say, you cannot grow as a Christian without addressing the subject of faith. And we spent a lot of time through the last several years talking about faith. We're in a building program now. It's going to take faith. And a part of why I'm, ex why I'm excited about this building program, I'm excited to get more space. Uh, I'm assuming that you'd be excited about that too. Um, I, I'm ex but I'm excited to see how we grow as Christians. I'm excited to see how it makes us grow. Why are we, how, Pastor, how do you know we're going to grow? Because it takes faith to accomplish what we're setting out to accomplish. And so uh, faith is key. Without faith, it is sin. Uh, in order to please God, we must have faith. And so we're going to look at a specific avenue, a specific topic when it comes to faith tonight. We'll read verse 17 of Romans chapter number 10. So then faith cometh by hearing, okay? So we can have faith. That's what the Bible's telling us. God would not tell us without faith it is impossible to please Him if, if, if it wasn't available to us. Uh, God wouldn't tell us that it's a, without faith it is, it is sin unless it was available to us. And so we're reminded, verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, okay? Uh, sometimes, <clears throat> and part of what I'm going to address tonight is the uh, mindset that we have sometimes as Christians, <clears throat> I just don't know that I have enough faith to do that. Pastor, I don't know that I have the faith that you do. Sometimes we get upset at ourselves because we say, I should have more faith than this. Um, but you have to understand that faith comes from a source. It's not just something you can run down the Walmart. It's the only thing you can't get at Walmart, but it's not something you can run down the Walmart and say, I just want more faith. You can't wish it. You can't will it because it comes from a source. So then faith cometh by Hearing, it's a fact. Some Christians don't like to hear, don't like to hear it. They don't like to to, to to hear somebody say this. But you cannot be a Christian of great faith if you don't attend the house of God. One, I believe it's disobedient. But you don't hear it. I'll go even further than that. Those that are able to be in church on uh, uh, Sunday school and hear the word of God, Sunday morning hear the word of God, Sunday night hear the word of God, Wednesday night hear the word of God. 
They tune into WIBR every day and hear their pastor uh, preach the Word of God. The more you hear the Word of God, the greater your faith is. So, Pastor, what about those who don't have? Well, they can tune into live stream. And I'm getting all the commercials in tonight, aren't I? Um, it's just a fact. Why is that? Because that's why God, Jesus puts such an emphasis on a local church. That's why Scripture is so emphasis on a local church. Why? Because faith has a source. It cometh by hearing. It's not just hearing anything. And we've, we know we're familiar with this verse. In hearing by the word of God. You cannot separate faith from its source. Now, I'm not going to, we're going to talk about the word of God tonight, but that's, I'm not talking about faith in the word of God. I'm, I'm, tonight, I'm, I'm teaching on this subject, and I'll be very simple. Faith in the Holy Spirit. Faith in the Holy Spirit. I'm afraid we as Christians, we try to live the Christian life in an impossible manner. I should have more faith than this. Well, you can't have the faith unless you include the Holy Spirit. We can't include the Holy Spirit without including the Word of God. This attitude today by, by some quote-unquote churches and this charismatic and a lot of non-denominational where we just have the Spirit. No, you don't. Because you can't... Well, what's your pastor preaching? Oh, we, we, just, we just sing and get in the Spirit. Well, then you didn't get in the Spirit. Um, and sometimes Baptists don't like to hear that. But it's the Word of God. My faith, the strength of my faith, it grows as I am aided by the Spirit of God. You know what we all have in common in here? We're all flesh. And because we're all flesh, we all have limitations. Uh, the lust of the flesh, the fruit of the Spirit, they're at opposite ends of the spectrum. But tonight I want to look at a few places of Scripture and, and help us tonight in uh, growing our faith and the role of the Holy Spirit in that. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, it guides us, it instructs us, uh, it edifies us, it rebukes us. Father, we thank you for the role of your word. We thank you that it's uh, supernatural. We, th we thank you that it's preserved for us. And Father, we thank you for the Spirit of God. Uh, he which dwells within us, He which seals us and consecrates us. And Father, may uh, tonight as we look at Your Word, may we be reminded uh, of the role He plays in our growing faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to turn very quickly to the book of John. Hold your place in Romans 9. We will come back to this in just a moment. But John uh, chapter number 14. John chapter number 14 a familiar passage of Scripture. At the end of chapter, in the second part of John 14, Jesus, of course, is teaching, and he tells the first part of John 14 that he is going to be leaving his disciples. Um, we give, sometimes we're critical or we can be critical of the weaknesses of the disciples, but we must be reminded we've got weaknesses too. And God has not preserved them in Scripture for everybody to be reminded of. 
but their faith was certainly stronger when they were with the Lord. Even Peter, when he walked down the water and sank, their faith was what it should was not what it should have been. We're going to die, but when they saw the Lord and realized it was Him, their faith was strengthened. Imagine how their faith must have been shaken. It was shaken when He said, "I'm going to leave you." They had left everything for Him. What do you think? And you know the answer to this. What do you think gave those disciples confidence to leave their business, their way of life, their family? to leave all that behind, it was being around the Lord. There was certainly something about Him that weighed on them a lot more than fishing, than collecting taxes, than their way of living. And now the source of their... You, do, you know they traveled from town to town. There was no Motel 6. There was no Holiday Inn Express. There were nights they slept under the stars. You think there was ever nights that they had some insecurity about? They didn't have the the, the retirement plan all planned out. What's going to happen after, you know, ministry days? No, they had to look over, and when they saw the Lord, that was a sense of their security. That was their faith. Jesus tells them that I'm leaving you. Shakes their faith. But the second part of chapter 14, he tells them of who he is sending in his absence. And in essence, and I may, and I don't think I'm oversimplifying it, but just, just for clarification, he says, I'm leaving you, but I'm sending another who's going to comfort you, that is said in verse number 16, but he's going to take the place that I've had. Jesus is going, he's going to go to the cross, he's going to pay the sin debt for mankind, He's going to resurrect from the dead, and He's going to ascend back into heaven and take His place at the right hand of the Father. But I will not leave you comfortless. Look at verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth and the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He goes on to remind them, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Jesus left them, but he says the Spirit of God is going to come. He's the Spirit of truth, and he's going to be in you. Once you and I trusted Christ as our Savior, there's so many things that happened in that instant. Our eternal address changed from that horrible place called hell to that wonderful place called heaven. But the Spirit of God is involved in our salvation. It's the Spirit of God who brings the conviction. It's that Spirit of God who you didn't understand maybe it was Him at the time, but he's saying, you need to, it's you, you're guilty, you're going to die in your sins. Then you heard from the Word of God how you could be saved. You didn't understand it, but you, there's something telling you, you need to trust Christ. You need to listen to what that preacher saying. You need to listen to what that teacher saying. You need to listen to what that person said. They're telling you the truth. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Spirit of God quickened you. He made your, your, you alive and sealed you. I say all that to say now He dwells within us. He is in us and He reminds them, and shall be in you. Now, we, and I'm going to talk very specifically about faith in the Holy Spirit, but we need to be reminded tonight that not just who we have access to, but who it is that dwells within us. It's the Spirit of God. And in case there's somebody tonight who, from time to time, says that gets frustrated, I just don't have the faith that I need. 
Well, I don't have, I don't have the faith that somebody else has. Well, first of all, you don't know how much faith somebody else has. Uh, they, may, they, may, they may pretend just as good as you do. But we all, we have to grow in our faith. How are we going to do that? We need to be reminded that there is one who is in us. And he is the Spirit of God. I don't, maybe you've, you, you've thought this to yourself. Maybe you haven't. But it's like, I would, I, would, I would be that bold. I would have the faith of a Peter. I would have the faith of a John if I could see Jesus. No wonder they were so bold. Well, friend, we, we have part of the Godhead with us as well. We, Jesus left because you, why did he go? He already told him when I was going, I'm going, to, I'm going to prepare heaven for you. But I'm not going to leave you without comfort. I'm not going to leave you without a guide. I'm not going to leave you without security. The Spirit of God is going to come. He's going to dwell. You can see me, but the Spirit of God is going to be in you. So we can still please the Father by our faith. I want to remind all of us that are saved. How many of you are saved tonight? You know you're on your way to heaven. Okay. Every one of us, just as it was common to us that we're all flesh, you're saved tonight. The Spirit of God dwells within you. Some of you are doing things tonight as a Christian that if somebody had told you the day you got saved that you're serving in this and you're doing this and you're not doing this anymore, you don't talk like this anymore, you would say, there's no way I can do that. And you were right. You couldn't do it. But the Spirit of God that dwells within you can enable you to do it. How come he can, we think, we, we don't verbalize this, but our actions say this. We believe the Spirit of God can seal us until the day of redemption, and he does. But we don't think that same Spirit can help us grow in our faith. It's like, you know, just because, you know, and I'll, I'll use myself as the pastor. Say, well, pastor, I don't have you. You're supposed to have that faith. You think I just woke up one day and said, huh, today seems like a good day of faith. Or when I went to Bible college, it's like, you know, the class was, you know, when you walk across that platform, you get your diploma, that faith magically goes through. I don't even know where that diploma is tonight. So, uh, I, I mean, it, it's, it has nothing to do with that. It's the Spirit of God who enables you and I to grow. Now turn with me to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number 2. Now get, i got four statements I want to make to you tonight concerning faith in the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter number 2, we're going to read verse 13. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. For it is God. It is who? It is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Statement number one is this. The Spirit stirs you to do more. The Spirit stirs you to do more. Uh, I don't want to get off on this subject tonight, but I want to remind you, God did not leave you here just to learn more Bible. It's, 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 it's killing our churches because we think there's preachers and there's members that think 
that they're just supposed to learn all the Bible. No, I'm not saying you shouldn't learn the Bible, but you've got to learn the Bible because God expects you to do something. And if faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, then that should stir inside of me to do so that I do. That's why when, when, you, when you're in a Sunday morning service, a Sunday night service, and from time to time we have our revival services, or you're in a Sunday school class, or you're on a Wednesday night Bible study, or you're reading the Bible yourself, and you're stirred, or you should be stirred. That's why you've got to prepare yourself to spend time with God. Uh, you're stirred. What is it? God's stirring you to do something. Uh, there's, there's, there's criticisms of churches that still have invitations. It's just a man manipulating. Well, I'm sorry the Holy Spirit don't talk to you. It might be the music that you play before the preaching and the book you speak out of when you preach. But I'm sorry the Spirit doesn't speak to you. But, but there's something inside of us. Okay, let me do it again. How many of you are saved? All right. If you're saved, how many of you have the Spirit of God within you? Hopefully the same number of hands go up. Good. Who's the author of this book? Spirit of God. So, Spirit of God bears witness with the Spirit in you. And so when the Word of God is preached, there's something inside of us. Something inside of us that stirs. I remember when, you know, of course, you, 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 you know me, you know my testimony. I've grown up here. I got saved as a, as a child. I surrendered my life to the Lord as a child. And, I, and through the years and all these things that God has done personally in my life, and probably everybody in here, can, you can go back to some times in your life when there was a church service, there were some decisions you made that maybe nobody else made a decision that night, but you made them because the Spirit of God spoke to you. It's the stirring on the inside. It, it just as a side note, say, Pastor, why is it important that we have this certain kind of music and we do certain things? Because it ought to come from the inside out. If you want to, if you want to shout amen, go for it. But I'll start in here. Um, it starts why is it? Because the Spirit of God is stirring. The Spirit of God compels us to do something. This is important. Because it's important for us, as we're reminded in 1 Thessalonians 5:19, not to quench the Spirit. I want the Spirit to always, and he is always working in my life, in your life, but I want to hear Him. There's a lot of times when Christians sit in church services and the Bible's preached, and the Spirit of God begins to stir something in there. There's something I need to change. Or, there's something I need to surrender to. There's something I need to start doing better in that area. I need to, I need to, I need, I need to grow in this area. What is it? It's the Spirit of God working. Now, when that happens, you and I have a choice, don't we? Are we going to listen or are we going to not listen? It's the stirring on the inside. See, when you quench the Spirit of God, and just answer this question to yourself. If you quench the Spirit of God in your life, are you going to do more for God or less for, for God? You're going to do less. Because the Spirit of God is going to stir you to do more. If you, if you quench the Spirit of God, you're not going to obey the Spirit of God. You're going to ignore 
the working on the inside as he stirs, you're going to not do as much. And if you do the same in your Christian life this year as last year, and there's no growth, do you need more faith to be the same? I'll answer that for you. You don't. Even as a preacher of the gospel, even as your pastor, I realize the importance for me to grow. Why is that? Because if it is not of faith, it is sin. There's a lot of Christians living in sin, and they'll never darken the door of a bar. They'll never have things on their TV that they shouldn't have. You can go to their refrigerator. There's not anything in there that shouldn't be in their refrigerator. They don't say the words that the world says. All this checklist that we have, and we shouldn't do those things, they would never do, but they're living in sin because they quench the Spirit of God when He begins to stir inside of them. He stirs them to do more. Why should not the Emmanuel Baptist Church do more this year than last year? It's the Spirit of God who can... Why? It ought to be happening in all of our lives. I want to do more for Him this year than I did last year. It's going to take faith in order for me to do that. Are you following me? It's going to, and so that stirring has got to come from the inside. So you know what the Spirit of God is going to do? He's going to stir you. Lord, to put, impress something, a message on your pastor's heart. I'll, I'll preach that message. And then there'll be something in somebody's life and somebody's heart that it begins to stir. And there's been many times when I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, you made this statement and you, you, you brought this point out and the Lord's been working on my heart and it's not something I even had planned to say. The Spirit of God said, just lead you down this path and you go down that path. What is it? The Spirit of God starts to stir something in you. He stirs something in you that's going to require more faith or less faith. It's going to require more faith. Why? Because it takes faith to please God. And God wants you to please Him. God wants me to please Him. And so part of the responsibility of the Spirit of God is to stir you so that you want to do more for Him. And as I want to do... I mean, I, I believe everybody in here who's awake tonight, everybody in here, you want to do more for God. Why else would you stop in the middle of your week? Some of you come straight from work. Some of you not even stop long enough uh, to, to get anything to eat. And why would you come? Because you really want to please God. You, and in some cases, there's some, and I don't, know, I don't have anybody in mind, but there's somebody in here. I'm certain the Lord's been dealing with you about a certain area of your life, and you just don't think you, you can do it. You don't have the, the, the but, but it's the Spirit of God stirring you up. I'm going to have to step out by faith. You know what God, the Spirit of God's saying? Oh, God wants you to please Him. In order for you to please Him, you have to have faith. So that's statement number one. The Spirit stirs you to do more, not less. Don't, don't come to your pastor and say, the Spirit of God has told me that I need to do less. I'm not falling for it. You, after this point, you probably know how I interpret that. 
Uh, well, I'm just not going to be able to serve the way I used to. I'm just not, I just don't feel, no, the Spirit of God's not leading you to do that. He's going to stir you to do more while he takes more faith. Now, he may put you in a position where you have to have more faith to serve him. That's not a bad thing. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get stuck in number one. You know, I don't, anybody here have the president that we want? We really don't have the Congress I want. I can live just by anybody be president. Just get, anyway. But you know, God has done us a favor. This is unpopular opinion tonight. Not the first time I've probably said something unpopular from the pulpit. But we have a very unique atmosphere in our nation right now to please Him. Because for four years, preachers and Christians have got to just depend on God and not Donald Trump. Now, full disclaimer, I'm a two-time voter for Donald J. Trump. But we say, my hope is in the Lord. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, the Lord will see us through. What did that man just say? I can't even understand what he said. And I'm not trying to make light of how serious some of these things are in our nation right now. But do you know if you and I live by faith today, we please God? You may not hit every marker you want to hit as a child of God, but if you're living today by faith, according to this book, you please God today. As a church, if we are faithful to this word, this book, and it doesn't matter what, what, what somebody else is doing, it doesn't matter what somebody else's opinion is, if the God in heaven looks at the Emmanuel Baptist Church, and, and, we, and sometimes we are our own harshest critic. Well, I didn't do this, and we didn't have this, and we set this goal, and we didn't hit, hit it. How in the world? If we are moving by faith, God in heaven is pleased, because the Bible says that's how, that's how we please Him. So whenever you're stirred up to do more for him, don't squash it. Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to do it. God's got you right where he wants you. He's going to help you grow. But he is going to put you in a position. Think about this. He's going to put you in a position to put a smile on his face. He's going to have the Spirit of God, that third member of the Godhead, stir you from the inside so that you can please Him. Statement number two is this. We look back at our text tonight, Romans chapter number 10. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The Spirit works by His Word. This is going to be an important Bible study tonight, but it's a very simple outline. The Spirit stirs you to do more. Statement number two, the Spirit works by His Word. Remember our, the opening room, the remarks this evening before we pray. So then faith cometh by hearing. You receive that faith from somewhere. It doesn't flow out in the atmosphere and you grab it. It's not in the, you know, you don't have to say the lyrics of the praise and worship song so many times in the right order and then you get your faith. No, that's not what it is. There's a source the Bible says that it comes from. So I want to increase my faith. Do you want to increase your faith? So I have to go to the source. 
And I know that the Spirit of God is going to stir something inside of me to do more for Him, not less. So where is that source going to come from? The Spirit works by His Word. He is not going to work outside of His Word. Well, I was in the middle of the night, and the Spirit came to me and told me that. I'm like, I haven't seen that in there. Hey, the Spirit has already preserved for us in Scripture that there is no private interpretation. He's not coming to you to tell you something that He hasn't already said. He, he's already said it. That is how He's going to... You know, it's like, I was thinking, I was just, I was looking up in the clouds and God did this and this and this. Well, that's great. I look up there and I just see like a chicken. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not very good at that. I've never been good at that. I see a big taco in the sky. That's all, that's all I, that's all I ever see. He works by his word. Do you, do you want the spirit of God to work in your life? Then tomorrow morning, open the, open the book and have the Spirit speak to you. How about, how about Sunday? I mean, if you, if you polled the average person who claims to be a Christian in Jacksonville, Florida, and you said, do you want to be more like Jesus? Do you want to have the faith to be more like Jesus? The vast majority of those who claim the name of Christ would say Yes. Well, come to Sunday school so you can get into the Word of God. To get, well, that, that's well. Besides that, no, that's how the Spirit works. It's through through His Word. That's the source. So Sunday morning, Sunday night. That's why it's important that you prepare to come to church. What are you doing? You're preparing to hear from the Spirit of God. Uh, I can't I can't emphasize enough how important it is for you to read your Bible every day. You know, if, if you grew up in this church like I grew up in this church, you've heard that your whole life. And sometimes it's those things that are the most obvious and we hear over and over again, we have the hardest grasping the importance of them. But what is it? It's allowing the Spirit of God to speak to me today. So many Christians are like, oh, I wish the Spirit of God would just speak to me. I wish the Spirit of God would just speak to me. I wish the Spirit of God would just speak to me. Let me help you. Open the Word of God. And the Spirit of God will speak to me. Oh, oh, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Oh, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Oh, I want, to, I want the Holy Spirit to do a work. I want to open the Word of God. Yeah, you, you, he's not going to work outside of the Word of God. So what are, what's our responsibility then? This is going to be deep. Are you ready? Listen. Listen. Listen to the Spirit of God. Why? Wow. I don't, I, I'm been waiting, and I know that story comes to mind of Samuel hearing the voice of God and this and that, and I've been waiting to hear that voice. You're going to be waiting a long time. And when you do hear voices, it's going to be right before they commit you. That's not how God works today. He speaks through His Word. What am I supposed to do? Just listen. Listen. Do you realize that... It, it's not this way in every country, and it's sad. But you realize that we're blessed enough? Probably everybody in here has got more than one copy of the Bible. 
And if you didn't, you could go get one. I just wish God would talk to me. Oh, I wish I had the faith to do what you had to do. Well, let me tell you the secret to my faith. It's not that my flesh is different than your flesh, because it's not. It's not that because I have pastor by my name, I don't have any weaknesses. I do. It's not that some heavenly manna fell from heaven. It's not that. I spend a lot of time in the Word of God. I spend a lot of time in the Bible. And sometimes I'll, I see the attitude and the spirit of Christians today is like, well, I just don't. It, it, and you know what it tells me? That tells me if your faith is not what it should be, it tells me where you're not spending time. Because that's how the, that's how the spirit works. What are we to do? Listen. Listen. Uh, God speaks to us. He speaks to us through His Word. I have a responsibility when God is talking. It's not to correct God. It's not to rebuke God. It's not to give God all the facts. He's got it covered. He knew the Internet was going to be invented. He knew about social media. He knew everything that you're dealing with today. He knew how the last election was going to go. He He's already seen the end. Better than that, he's already there. Think about that for a little bit. What's my responsibility? Listen. Listen to what he has to say. Third statement is this. Turn with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Hurry, 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 hurry. I've, Luke chapter 8. I've let these other men preach the last three weeks. And so I figure I have... Three plus tonight is four, so about 120 minutes. So Brother Ruck did turn 70, and I don't want you to fall asleep on me back there. So Luke chapter number 8. Beginning with verse number 4, there's the parable of the seed. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trodden down, the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Think about this. The sower is coming with the seed. We've, we've, we've seen this parable before. We've read it before. And there's certain things that take place that choke the seed. And so, in verse number 9, his disciples asked him, saying, uh, what might, now listen to what Jesus said in verse 9. And, he, and when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? He said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So the conversion is not going to take place. The growth is not going to take place. The fruit is not going to take place without the seed. And that's the third statement I want to make tonight. The Word of God is a seed. Now, I'm going to build number four on the number three, but it's important for us to understand this. Understand this. If you have no seed or no Bible, isn't that what Jesus said? The seed is the Word of God. Haven't we already established 
that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in order for me to have faith, I've got to get it from its source. So if I have no, no Bible or no seed, then I have no faith. The Bible is the seed. How are you going to have the faith to grow in 2021? You have to have the seed of faith. How is somebody saved? That seed of faith is planted. How is it? The Word of God. How, what, it, what is it? That's why don't underestimate leaving a track somewhere or handing somebody a gospel track. Well, I could only give them a track. Well, at least you gave them a track. What have you given them? You've given them the seed. As a child of God, I do not get fully grown faith. Now, I'm, I'm 47 years of age. I know I don't look at day over 62, but I'm 47. Some of you will get that later. I have faced things in my life. I know what it's like to have a sick child and for the Lord to call that child home to heaven. I know what it's like to stand by a little grave. I know what it's like to have trials and difficulties. I know what it's like. When, when I face those things, as you have all faced things, I didn't go and pull out of my orchard fully grown faith that had grown from a seed. I had to get my faith. How would you have the faith to get through that? Well, the Bible says there's only one source of faith. It's the same source for every person in here. It's the same source for every situation that you need faith in. We've been talking about stewardship and giving in Sunday school, and the same is true for all of us. At some point, we had to have that faith to step forward and say, I'm going to tithe. Well, where did you get that faith from the seed? The Word of God that said you need to, you need to tithe. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You don't start tithing when you see it all. You don't obey God when you see the end of it. You latch on to the seed. So when, when I have, we've, we've, we've all faced things in our life, and I have to have faith in God that he's in control. It's like, well, look at so-and-so. They have, no, no, they've got the same thing. You've got a seed. <clears throat> and as a church, as we step forward and we move forward in the weeks, in the months, in the years ahead, our faith must grow. What is it? The Spirit of God's going to stir us on the inside. And the Spirit of God's going to lead us to do some things and make some decisions personally and collectively we say, I don't know that I'm going to do that. I've got to have, well, what's going to stir it? It's, it's going to come from the inside. Well, I don't have the faith, okay? Christians, we, many times Christians quit on God or they don't please God or they live in sin because they don't live by faith. That's what, God, that's what the Bible says. And I think many times it's not because they don't have a desire to please God. I'm not talking about rebellion. I'm not talking about somebody who's just is backslidden as the devil. They don't have things, deal with things with God. We just feel many times inadequate and defeated in our, in, our, in our inability and our lack of faith. I don't have the faith as an Apostle Paul. I don't have the faith of, of, of John the Beloved. I don't even have the faith, and we can name other Christians that we know. We see what God does in their life. Friend, they're not supernatural. They're made of the same stuff you and I are made of. But what did they do? They latched onto the seed. What's the seed? The Word of God. It's the source of all faith. If you don't have the faith to face what you're facing tonight, the greatest, and that's why sometimes you get upset, your pastor, he just don't know what to tell me. All he did was say, read my Bible. 
He just don't know. Listen, it's the source of faith. Sometimes I think as Christians, if they're, if, I'm going to start doing this. I could probably make some money on it. I'm going to tear a label off a bottle of water and just write faith on there. Drink this and you'll be good to go. Uh, sometimes we look for that, don't we? But God has given us the same recipe. Jesus said, I'm leaving you, but don't despair. I'm going to prepare a place for you. The Spirit of God is going to come. He's going to be in you. The seed is the Word of God. The Spirit of God stirs us from the inside. Now, here's what, how I want to conclude. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. It's a wonderful passage of Scripture in chapter number 3. I'll begin reading, and you can catch up with me, because the verse I want to focus on is, is a few verses down. And I, verse number one in 1 Corinthians 3, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for as there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not yet carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Now, we understand the 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 angle that the passage of Scripture is coming from. But I want you to focus on, on, on the illustration that's used. Verse number 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? What the Scripture is reminding the church at Corinth, he's saying you're carnal because you're division, you're arguing over the powers with this one, the powers with this one. I follow this one, I follow this one. But, but the Spirit of God through the Scripture is going to bring it down to what it's all about. Verse number 6. I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase. Notice the word planted. Notice the word water. Increase. Somebody planted a seed. What's the seed? It's the word of God. Somebody watered it. To use soul winning as an illustration, you ever talk to somebody and get all the way to the end? And if for some reason, they, and they say, yes, I'm, I'm lost, and, and yes, I, I understand that Jesus died for my sins, yes, I understand I need to have faith to do that. And for some reason, when it gets to the point of them putting their faith in Christ, they say no. That is so frustrating. But have you ever been to one of those doors, you walk up, and it's almost like, what must I do to be saved? Man, that was the, you know, you're on the other end of somebody's frustration. Planted, somebody planted that seed. Somebody else watered it. But who gave the increase? Verse 7, So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. The point I want to make is in verse number 6. I have planted, apostles watered, but God gave the increase. It's the seed. Statement number 4 is this. The seed will yield fruit in time. There's an important principle that we use in 1 Corinthians that we, 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 we always we tend to use with, with soul winning. It certainly applies. But don't miss the principle of the fact that that seed will yield fruit in time. A seed is just that. It's a seed. By the way, don't get frustrated with a new Christian 
because they don't grow as fast as you think they ought to grow. I'm still waiting for somebody to show me where, where the Bible tells us how fast somebody should grow. These were, these were entrenched church members, but he called them babies. So apparently, there's different levels of growth. There's different measurement of growth. Don't get frustrated with yourself because you look at, so this, is the, this is the advice I give to every new Christian, every, every, every young Christian, every, everybody, every, everyone who, who gets back in church. Don't look around at others and compare yourself. I should be at their level. Who says? And parents, let me help you. Your kids that grow up in, that live in your house and grow up in your house, they're going to grow spiritually at different levels. Oh, my kids, are, my kids, gonna, he's going to be in prison by the time he's five. He's a kid. Oh my goodness, they, so and my, my oldest was, but the next one, they're little, they're, they're going to grow at different stages. You teach in Sunday school, you, you teach in, you, you work in the, in the bus ministry, Christian school teachers remember this too. They're, they're all going to grow at different stages. What's the focus on is the seed. It will yield fruit in time. It doesn't always grow when we want it to. Well, you're going to face something in your life. You're like, I need faith for this. Maybe if I close my eyes and squeeze real hard, it'll, it'll be there. No, it's not there. What you got to focus on? The seed. I brought tonight, my, my girls are all of a sudden into gardening. And they're planting some seeds. Anna's got all her little seeds back there. She's planting. And I'm okay with this. She's planting the jalapeno peppers. She's planting the banana peppers. She's, she's got all these kind of things. Addie decided to jump in on that, and she has planted catnip. I said, really, catnip? She's like, yeah, Dad. Cat marijuana. I, it, it, I, catnip. <laughs> Back to your kids are going to grow spiritually at different, different levels. But I brought tonight, I, I, I stole a, a corn kernel and brought it as an illustration tonight. Do you know if this is planted and go back to that parable, it's in good soil, it's watered, it's nurtured. you know that one day that corn will grow from this? But Don Chitty called me today, we talked for a few minutes, and it brought to mind as I was putting all this together this afternoon, sitting on his front porch one time when I was visiting out there, and they had a big old crop of corn. And we were, we were pillaged, and we were, whatever you do to it, take it apart. City, country, he's Stark, Florida, hello. Um, so, and then Mrs. Chitty cooked it. I choked it down because she's not a very good cook, but, you know, we, you know, we, we ate it that night. But I remember being there before, and there was no corn there. It took a long time for that corn to get there. But this is where it started. We need faith to please God. We need faith to do what it is that God's given us to do. Every parent in here who your children are still at home, you, you, you need faith. To trust that when God says if you do certain things, it's going it's to work out okay.
Judy Faith. When you start tithing, you start giving, the Lord impresses upon you to give extra to missions or give extra to a building program. I don't know how we're going to do that, but you know the Spirit stirred something inside of you. Don't not do it and don't get frustrated. Don't beat yourself up as a Christian because you don't have the full cob of corn. To start with, you just need the seed. And you take that seed and you... And you're going to face trials sometimes. You're going to face tribulations sometimes. And all you're going to have, and you've heard this phrase, and many of you know exactly what I'm talking about, you're going to grab a verse of Scripture and you're just going to hold on to it. You haven't seen how it's going to sustain you yet. But you believe the seed, and that seed gives you enough faith. You grab a hold of the Word of God. You plant your heart. You say, I know it's God's Word. I know it's God's Word. I know what God says is true. I know it's God's Word. The next day, what do you do? Well, it still hasn't grown yet, but I still have the seed. You know, you plant something. I'm not a gardener. That's probably a shock to you, but I know enough to know that if you plant it today, you don't have to go back out there tomorrow and pull fruit off of it. It's going to take some time. The same is true with what you face. Do you know what I need to be doing? Somebody in here could face something tomorrow they have no idea they're going to face. Tragedy could take place. Doctor's visit. Well, wouldn't it be nice if God told us that we could be ready for it? He doesn't have to, He doesn't tell us, but we can still be ready for it. How is that? I take the seed today and I plant it in my heart. And then I let it grow. And God just has a way of letting that seed of His Word grow to when I'm going to need it. One of the verses of Scripture I remind myself all the time, and it just always pops in my mind, replays it in my mind, it rains on the just and the unjust. God uses the circumstances of life to purify us. He uses the circumstances of life to use us. He uses things in our life because he just, it's a trial that he, he's designed for us. The burden he's designed for us. There's things that, that's just the way God planned and, and, and created us. It's the plan He has for us. So we have to constantly be planting the seed of the Word of God so that it can grow. But, you know, life happens to everybody. I, the, the book of 1 Peter, I believe it is, I believe it's chapter 3, where Peter writes, If the will of God be so. If I have a burden, if I have a heartache, I want it to be because of the will of God be so. And if the will of God be so, then I need to be... You know how people... You ever made this statement? I don't know how people who don't know the Lord, I don't know how they make it. People who don't have a church, I don't know how they make it. Let, let's, let's go really get down to what we need to be reminded of. Those that don't have faith, well, your faith will get you through. That's a, that's a tagline. But the reality is faith gets us through when we actually have the faith by going to the source to get it. I hope you don't get your faith from this world because it's not faith. I hope you're not going to depend on, and young people listen to me, the same people that will pat you on your back now, same people will be your friend now, they can't help you when you get the bad news. So, but you, know, but you know what will help you? Okay, every day I'm planting that seed. Every day I'm planting that seed. What are you doing? 
at some point, it will yield fruit. I close this way for the third time. You don't know how, you don't have the faith to do what you need to do today. I, 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 let's use the church as an illustration. I put a pretty big vision in front of you on Sunday. Well, Pastor, do we have the faith to do it today? I don't know that we have the faith today, right now, to do that. But I know what we do have. We have the source of faith, that if we continue to go to that source of faith, Spirit of God will stir something in us. That's why through this program, I love the way it's organized. Toward the end of it, you're going to spend time with your family, just you, and you and God decide what God wants you to do. Because the, God knows what faith you need. God, God knows what He wants each one of us to do. How are we going to get that faith? It's by the Word of God. The Spirit of God is going to stir us to do more for Him the Spirit of God is where we, He helps us with our faith. The Spirit uses the Word of God. Do you want your faith to grow? I hope so. You can do more for Him. It's how we please Him. I don't want to live in sin. I don't want to be faithless. Do you ever read those words in the Bible, O faithless generation? Oh, I, don't want, I don't want that said about my generation. I don't want that said about our church. That's why the Bible's got to stay the center. And you as a Christian, you've got to be in your Bible every day so that seed can get planted and you can grow and grow and grow. The Spirit is not going to give you, you know, pastor doesn't have a one where he's like, faith for you and faith for you and faith for you. I don't have that. We don't need that because we have the source of faith. And that's how the Spirit of God is. Quit. You're in a Baptist church. You're a Baptist by belief. Quit acting like charismatic. Well, if I can find it out there, then it could. No, 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 no. It's here. If you don't have faith, it's because you're not spending enough time. I, I would be lying to you if I told you, and I know I'm out of time, if I told you that, I, that there has not been times in my life where my faith was not weak. I'd be lying to you if I told you there have been times when I, I looked at what God had in front of me and I look at it and say, I don't have what it takes. I, there's, I, I'm not, there's no way. But something amazing happens when you just grab onto that seed. And some time it begins to yield fruit. Now there's some things today that if I face them, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I got the faith to do that. You know why? Because it's grown into from the seed. So we've got to be in the Word of God every day. Father, help us.